Welcome to Industry Insights, the EFM podcast presented by the European Film Market of the Berlinale. My name is Nadia Denton. I'm a curator and impact producer based in London. This season of Industry Insights, the EFM podcast, puts a spotlight on highly topical and trend-setting industry issues, creating a compass for the forthcoming film year. The year-round podcast is produced in cooperation with Gotter Institute and co-funded by Creative Europe Media. I am thrilled to be joined for this episode of Insights with the force of nature that is Helen Grankvist. Helen is an award-winning producer of film and television who has worked in the industry for more than 30 years. She is an international pitch coach and since 2018 has been the president of Women in Film and Television International. She will join me to share some new concepts around the complex and urgent topic of sustainable leadership. Today, we start with the bigger picture and will interrogate the theme in order to understand the root of the current problems that face us in the context of sustainability and inclusion as a society and industry. It is from this that we hope to discover practical future-proofing solutions for the audiovisual industry. This episode is a starting point of a series on sustainable leadership, which will be continued throughout the course of next year. Welcome, Helen. Hi, thanks for having me, Nadia. So, the Nordic Factory, of which you are one of the founders, has this year initiated new Nordic narrative labs. The labs aim to inspire creators to use sustainability, inclusion and outreach as a launchpad for story development. And it is from some of these discussions from the labs that we are going to have this conversation today. So when we speak of sustainable leadership, what do we mean? I think my most important way of describing sustainability comes from Gro Harlem Brundtland, who was the who defined that sustainability is to fulfill the needs of today without challenging for future generations to fulfill their needs. But it's also to balance factors of social, environmental, cultural and economical factors, which is super theoretical. But in a way, in a world where we are very focused on economical dimensions, it is to be aware to create a sustainable world, we need to see a bigger picture. You argue that many of the inclusion and environmental problems that we face emanate from the same source. And I believe that this is tied up with some of the arguments you make about new ways of looking at sustainable leadership. Yes, I think to understand sustainability, and of course, it's uh, what's are my truth, maybe are not other people's truth, but I think... A very strong truth for me is that no one who lives today have ever experienced to live in a world that is sustainable. Meaning we are living in structures that makes it impossible for us to create sustainability. And these structures, the overall picture that I think you're referring to is that we are very much carrying an Anthropocene narrative, meaning that, and this is very often unconscious, we have implemented in our bodies an idea that man is in top of the chain and the rest of people, animals, species, and nature 
a resources in hand of the man to be used to create growth. And this anthropocent perspective is also perspective that allows patriarchy, colonialization, and capitalistic narratives. Once again, very theoretical, but seeing this bigger picture where a lack of inclusion or environmental problem are symptoms but they're not really the problem. The problem emanates from a source and a worldview, how we look at the world. And that's what's put inclusion and environment problems close to each other if we are interested to create a sustainable world. And, And from my point of view, if you want to change something, you need to have an idea what is the root of the problem. And that's what I'm referring to. The root of the problem is an idea that we are carrying more or less conscious that there are some people that has a bigger value than other people. And some people that has a bigger value than nature. It's fascinating, particularly when we consider it in the context of the hero's journey. Yes. So you play that. But yeah, very much of the way we look at And once again, we belong in a landscape of film and TV making where intuition and gut feeling and emotions are really strong tools. And they should be because what we do, we work on. Uh, we work with emotions to, to, to sort of say, entertain or to scare or whatever we purpose we have with our, 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 our films or TV series. But very much also we have these dramaturgic ideas that also are internalized in our spines. The, how do you tell a story? What is a story? And very much of this is based on the hero's journey because the hero's journey is in a way the most normal way of telling a story. But the fact is, if we are stacked to hero's journey, there are theories that say it's impossible for women or people of color to be the main character of a story, which, of course, makes it interesting to challenge the hero's journey as a model and to really think, why do I feel like I do about a story. Why do I react? And why is my gut feeling referring to a story in this way? So I think we are living in a time of history if we want sustainability, where we really need to investigate why we feel and why we do as we do. In all that you've proposed, this, the investigations are the difficult bit. That's, you know, getting people onto that journey and supporting them to make those changes just seems such a big challenge. And it feels like people would experience a great amount of emotional displacement. What are some of the sort of tools and mechanisms that you and your colleagues have been able to develop as part of the labs to help people to reconsider their position in society and the benefits of sustainable leadership? I think I will answer that question, but I would like to start because when Valeria Richter, my colleague, and I started our process, it was based on a time in our lives where we really wanted to find out what is important for us, what do we want to do, what do we want to use our skills, and and etc. So it was very much based on 
that we put our sum of knowledge and experience together. And there were some things we could find that were similar to us. We have always worked with talent and with story development. That has been in our lives for many years. We have had a tendency to be first movers, where we try new things. So it's also in our personalities. But it was also a huge need for us to be part of a bigger picture, that we felt that we, in a way, was floating on an island instead of, so to say, see the landscape. So from our side, and the conversation we started in between the two of us was really to try to identify what does this time do to people and to us? Because we know there are huge environmental problems. We know we have huge problems with inclusion. We know there are so many things that makes us, we are not feeling safe. It's really unsafe and unclear what's going to happen, etc. And then we decide that the word we were looking for was confusion. We are really confused because we don't know what's going to happen. And then so what do we do? But then we also refer to this feeling of confusion as something that we have experienced many times when we work with story development. So in a way, it's a familiar feeling. But when it comes to our lives, it's more scary in a way. But what we know from artistic processes is that it's important not to be afraid of confusion. So we promised each other, let's stay confused, but to be conscious confused and to invite other people to share this feeling of being conscious confused together with us. So that was, in a way, the starting point, because we don't have any answers. But we have a huge will and a strong energy to feel that we can be part of a change that we think we all need. So what we do in a new Nordic narrative, the tools we, in a way, that are new, because what we did was to create a lab that in a way is like a lab that many people who has been in labs has experienced before. We invite four projects in treatment stage, read each other project and meet in a room and then give feedback and discuss each other's project. Story worlds, characters, journeys, etc. But what we did was also to collaborate with experts on sustainability and mostly based on environmental sustainability, to give a crash course, what is sustainability, for 30 minutes, and then give feedback with the gaze of sustainability on a story. Then we do the same thing with inclusion, crash course about inclusion, including the idea of otherness that refers back to what I said in the beginning, if we have a an overall unconscious <laughs> um, narrative that tells us that someone is more worth than another creates this feeling of otherness. And that has been something that has been really discussed in the labs. What is otherness and what does it mean and how can it be portrayed or not portrayed in a story and how can it be used or not used in a story and why? So, And then we also have this inclusion expert to give feedback on the story with that case. And then we have worked with PR, uh, audience, design, gaze, to see 
How do our stories relate? Crash course there as well, but how do your story relate to the audience to increase the relation to the audience? But also with idea that these factors is necessary to see and include in your story development if you want to be relevant for an audience of today. You don't do it only to be kind you do it because you want to to you want to be relevant and you want success because that was also something we discussed doesn't matter who you are in this ecosystem of film and tv we all want success then the face of success can have different uh, looks but we all want success but i think what be what is common for all kind of success today is to see this bigger picture. And from those conversations that were held, it sounds like there were perhaps a development of a nugget of uh, theories or models in terms of sustainable development. Can you share some of those with us? Yeah, I'm always sensitive. I know I have models and, and we have models, but I'm always sensitive to refer to models. So, But what I think is the most important is to, to reflect on, and that, that is definitely a model, so I will answer you, to reflect on the amount of impact one experience that one have, And that was something that we found out that it's, it really, it's a really variety how big impact we feel that we have. And we looked at impact from in, for four, in four dimensions. My personal impact as Helen in my life with my family, how much impact do I have scale one to ten? And usually people answer quite high. It's a range between seven and ten. Most of us feel that we can impact our lives. Then we ask, how much impact do you feel that you have in relation to your project? Usually it's quite high as well, between six and ten. Uh, we think that we can influence our project, of course, depending on which position of formal power you see yourself in, but even if people, so to say, have maybe a lower position, still they have this feeling that they can impact. But then comes the tricky questions, because then we ask about the audience and the public. How big impact do you feel that you have in relation to the public? And there we see a pattern that is super low. It's usually between two and four. And people doesn't see that what they do really affects or have an impact, which I find super interesting. And then the, the fourth dimension is the planet dimension. How big impact do you see yourself having when it comes to, to, to impact the planet? Also usually very low. Then if I go back and reflect on these answers in relation to the first description I have, that we all live in this unconscious idea that of anthropocene, that man is in top of the chain. The alternative and the sustainable alternative to the anthropocene perspective is the ecocentric perspective, that all existing people, species, animals, nature are coexisting 
together and are reliant on each other, that we are all connected. Even if we can't see, if we were trees, we would know that there were roots that connected us. But as humans, we, we can't see this connection. But in a way, it's a holistic idea that you and I are, in a way, this in the same, connected to the same body, uh, so to say. And, and this idea is really interesting to think of if you think of the answers to these four questions about impact. Are you, are you following my theory? It's, it's a bit theoretical. So if we are connected with nature, shouldn't my impact have a possibility to be higher? And of course, once again, it's the same thing with audience, but I think what we have done in the landscape of film and TV making is always to, to wish that my story, my film, will reach out to an audience because I think all storytellers want their stories to reach an audience. But then the thing is, we can't control it. We can only wish for it. And I think this this area where we don't have control is really the most important area in this time of history to, in a way, to decide that I want to have my impact in this field of not knowing. Because what do we do when we don't know? Because we don't, we don't know what's going to happen. So what kind of decision? And it can be interesting. Once I have met a person when I asked this impact question, and she said, so how, how do you see a thing? And she said, 10, 10, 10, 10. I said, oh my God, <laughs> it's the first time I hear that question. You know what she said? But I'm a woman of color and I can't afford to put my impact lower. And that made a very strong impact on me because I I don't know what kind of experiences she referred to, but she definitely made an impact to me giving me that answer because that was a decision. I'm here to be part of the change and no, nothing going to stop me. And I think this kind of finding that inside yourself it's not maybe not easy for everyone but i think that is something we have met in our labs but also in our work as coaches when people do stories because to create a story is a super sensitive and difficult and challenging process and then on top of that to find the to find your own impact to reach out with this story it's not easy. It is not easy. But when you find it, when you find this purpose that my story needs to go out there because this story can something with an audience, can something with the world, I think you also feel very empowered inside yourself, which I think we all need. And we can help each other to feel empowered. Uh, yeah. Well, it's certainly encouraging that there is a sense of empowerment that comes as a result of the process, because it certainly seems that, you know, to step into sustainable leadership requires quite a significant psychological shift. And I suppose there's an aspect of that that is what would be quite challenging or difficult for a lot of individuals who might be listening to this and even considering some of the points that you've put forward. What I'm also curious about is in practice, 
how would you say that gatekeepers and industry leaders are going to need to behave differently? So we've talked a bit about some of the thought processes and the structures, but what about the actual behaviours? Yeah, but that's a very good question, Nadia. And and of course, when we started our first lab, though we work with, with screenwriters and producers, and one thing that we was worried about was that people would have a feeling that we will... Um, it will be a conflict with, for artistic freedom to get this knowledge input. So we were very, very aware, like chicken mothers going around, how do you feel and how to get... And they said, no, 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 it's the opposite. We get inspiration out of this. And then, of course, we asked, but what do you experience as challenging for artistic freedom? And it was very obvious, the funding systems. The funding systems is really what artists very often and producers find challenging for artistic freedom, but also for work for sustainability and inclusion. So I think the question you are now putting, I think we are in a time of history where we really need to demand from decision makers to school themselves in these subjects because the knowledge basis, it's not enough. It's not that is a fact. And of course, as every system, as you refer to the hero's journey, that is a system, a dramaturgic system. We have our habits and system. This is how we fund things. This is why we fund things. We really need to ask new questions, more questions, and also open up the discussion uh, to, to, to decide that the systems we have right now are not sustainable. And they are not. If we want sustain- sustainability, there are so much change needed. So, so it's, it's a difficult question, of course, because demands are always difficult. And as we know, if you have a formal position with a huge impact, you're maybe not willing to challenge yourself. And of course, I think that's what we all should do for the moment. To, to, but I also do it, and maybe I, I may I don't know why where I got this passion for this subject. But I think I have experienced something by going into this field that also gives a connection with being a human. And, and also having a position. Very, very often what we see, the conflict, you know, you can have one value system at home that is a values that may be closer to you and your heart and what's important to you. And then you go to a working place where there are values thrown at you that you might not agree on, but to keep that position or to do a good job, you do things that you, in a way, doesn't like. And I think don't like. And I think that is, that is what we all need to challenge for the moment, to, to look deeper into what kind of human we want to be, and see if we can bring these values to a working place and become part of that change and dare to talk about it. Because I think it's very much the culture in our landscape is don't bite the hand that feeds you. Which I think sometimes, yeah, but you know, we are depending and it's a very, it's a, it's a, it's a lack of resources 
as we see it, I think we should decide that there are a lot of resources out there. But sometimes we are afraid to speak up, even if we see things that we find dysfunctional or not fair. I think it's also what I encourage people to do. In, I also have in my WIFTI engagement, as you say, to find safe spaces where we can express the change we are dreaming of or the problems we see. Because I think sustainability will be built by us together because it's not, I can't say to you, hey, you can trust in me, I can take the leadership. That's not sustainable. Sustainable is going from me perspectives to we perspectives. It is really, we need each other for this. This is not something where someone can lead us into. We need to go together and create because sustainability does not yet exist. But that's the cool thing with our part of, of the society that we are so trained as storytellers to create things that yet not exist. So could we use part of the, our energy for that and part of... We are like, like legal soldiers that can go out and tell the world what you have not experienced is possible. It's possible to create things we have never experienced because we do it every day, but just not for a bigger purpose. So I think this bigger purpose is really what I want to encourage us. Our industry, I use the word industry, even if I prefer landscape, I believe it's the most impactful industry in the world. We not only influence ourselves, we also influence all those who watch what we are creating. And that's a huge impact. That's massive. I mean, I cannot agree with you more in terms of points about the impact that we do make as an industry and the fact that with every, you know, big screen offering, we offer audiences the opportunity to create a new world, to be in a new world, yeah. um, to move through that new world. So why not be able to change that within our own industry? We've spoken, you know, a lot about this concept of leadership and the gatekeepers and leaders in general. What about the small actions that individuals can make in their individual film careers? How can they be the agents of change? Because there's probably people who are listening to this thinking, okay, well, these are lofty ideals and it, you know, um, we can direct them at those other people who are further up the chain. But what about how we think about sustainable leadership as, you know, the average person on the street working in the industry? Yeah, if, if we talk about our landscape, I think, but this is, of course, now you're asking me, because, of course, I could give you a lot of technical advices, but I think most people know that there are small actions you can do in your daily life that are less bad uh, than others. But I think, and, and you ask me, so I can give the answer. I think what we really need is new narratives to believe in because the, narr the collective narratives will not help us. So we need new narratives. So what I would like to encourage each and everyone that are engaged in storytelling is to follow me and believe that stories are the most important tool we can bring to the society and for our common good. And I think... Of course, if you still not have reached a level where you feel that you have a career, you might feel that no one cares about me and no one, I'm not important. And I think, but I think that is the biggest problem. And I also think, it, think it's a problem even if you have a position to make an inner decision that I want to be part 
of the change I can see that we needs. Because very interesting, and this was a colleague or an old friend and, and, and a former colleague of mine who's now running one of IKEA's company. And I asked her how they are working on sustainability. And I asked her, so can you give me some, some ideas how you work with sustainable leadership? And then she said, but we don't call it sustainable leadership anymore. That was yesterday. Now we talk about leadership for sustainability. And you can hear the difference that sustainability, of course we want sustainable leadership, but that's not enough. Today it's more. And the good thing with, with leadership for sustainability, you don't need to be a person of formal power to make the decision to take on that leadership or to be an agent for change. Because I think the range of possibilities, if you want to be an agent of change, is to identify yourself as an agent for change. But I also think to find the courage to do that, I think it's really beneficial to see yourself more of a we than a me. I think the me perspectives is really what can make it difficult for us to find, you know, I have been engaged in the WIFT communities for 10 years of my life now, and it has really brought this feeling of being part of a global we in our ecosystem in a way that I will die a little happier, I think, with that experience in my body. And I think that is something, when it comes to those things we don't know, but we know that something is needed, but we don't know what it is, I think the we feeling is very important as it is when you create something together with other people, because everyone who have been in a good artistic process with other people always want to return back to that place, I'm sure. I think that's why we can handle so harsh circumstances as we do in this landscape, because it's unsafe economy. You never know if it's going to be success or not. There's so many, and it's gig economy. So no, it's so many challenging things. And I think what keeps us here is the passion, both for stories, but also for this common creative process. And yeah, and I think this common creative process is is what the world needs for the moment. So it was a very long answer, but did I even answer your question here, Nadia? You absolutely did. And the we feels like such a beautiful note to round up this conversation. But before we do, um, on a sort of philosophical note, it feels as if in terms of the reflections and the theories, we've come full circle with ideologies that many First Nations had. So this idea of being connected with nature, being connected as a humanity, um, I can't help be struck by the fact that the ideas are also coming back full circle. Definitely, definitely. Um, though I, I came home from Iceland last week and I hang around with some Greenlanders and they said, but don't expect all Greenlanders to still have these ideas, of course, but the, the, the ideologies, definitely. But I think it is the the circular thinking that is really part of, of, of indigenous. And I think I, I heard a wonderful conversation and it, I heard, it, it was, I was in New Zealand and it was a conversation between some Maori people and Disney and they talked about 
the Moana pro- process. They had um, consulted, and they were so happy. So I sat in the audience and were a bit grumpy. But you and I raised my hand. But you must have had some problems. And then a Maori guy told me and said, "Yes, we had. But you know, we Maoris we work with consensus. So when we had problem, we talked about them until we solved them. And then I said, okay, shut up, Helen." And listen, and I think this this belief in people that doesn't mean it will not be problematic or difficult, but the, the trust for each other. And I've heard this about native leadership uh, among Native Americans. The idea, if you're sitting in the tippy and you're going to make a decision, and if not everyone agree, you won't leave the tippy. And it can take days, but I also love it because it's really challenged these ideas of time and money that are the common ideas. Everyone understands we can't sit for days and wait for a decision, but it might be that we will come out with a sustainable decision. So what if that is exactly what we need to do to really take some proper time before we go to the next step and find out, is this really the best way to go? And of course, that can be super frustrating for people to hear that because we are stuck in habits that if something should be good, they should be cheap and fast. But that's just norms. And maybe that's not the most sustainable norms. Maybe we need new norms. It sounds like it. it sounds like we need to reimagine a new industry and prepare for a new age, which you've so beautifully laid out. No, I must say it's, it's um, you know, what I found out some years ago, I did uh, a study, what is lacking in the common body uh, if we want sustainability. And I, I asked a lot of questions to a lot of people, leaders, and said, what, which part of the body are you relating to sustainability? And then I had an artist to draw that figure. And um, there was one thing lacking. You know what that was? The soul? <laughs> no, ears. Uh, everyone saw themselves. And I, being with you, Nadia, asking your intelligent question, but also to feel the very actively listening you do has been such a pleasure. So you are really, you are really a good listener. Thank you very much. This brings us to the end of our podcast on sustainable leadership. From this conversation, we were introduced to new ways of thinking about the film story universe, considerations to normalise behaviours connected to sustainability, and reflections on the role of leaders in this brave new world of possibility. All of which are topics that are to be further explored at the Industry at Tallinn and Baltic event this week and the upcoming 2023 edition of the European Film Market at the Berlin Alley. I am pleased to announce that a coalition of the Baltic states of Estonia, Latvia and Lithuania will be featured as the European Film Market's 2023 Countries in Focus. This season of Industry Insights has been produced in cooperation with the Gotha Institute and co-funded by Creative Europe Media. This episode has been developed in partnership with the Industry at Tallinn and Baltic event. Please do tune in to future episodes of Industry Insights. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and on the website of the European Film Market, www.efm-balanale.de. Thanks for tuning in. Goodbye.